Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Plus This. I'm Kathy Deach, and we have a lit show. I'm sorry. I just had to, like, tell everybody on my personal Facebook page what is happening here. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, there's so much blowing up that's happening that it's this first segment is going to be so ridiculous. I can't wait to talk to everybody. So, um... We have the lovely Nikki Bailey back co-hosting. Hi, Miss Nikki. Hey, girl. Hi. How are you? Girl, you know I'm all right over here trying to get my COVID quarantine on, but I'm doing it. Um, I am so excited about the show today. I know. You're a damn quarantine cutie right now. I mean, I don't know who you think you are, but your jewel tone and your Afro puff. With your you little al- animal print behind you. I mean, you're you just... know, I like to keep it, you know, cute. Yeah, you, know like. you got a cute little corner there. And if anyone needed to wonder what you were about, that is like you're totally serving it all up. We all know. Here's what I think. This is my new, my my visual brand is JoJo Siwa meets Angela Davis. That's what I'm <laughs> going for. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, look, I'm going to tilt up so you can see the rest of my setup. Oh, you know oh. A top hat. She's saying? ready to do chorus line, guys. One I'm just saying. singular. She's ready. If you're not watch, if you're listening to this on podcast and not watching the YouTube or the Facebook or wherever we got this thing going, you guys miss out on the visuals. Is all I'm telling you <laughs> because this is fantastic. So Nikki literally might. I mean, I wouldn't really call it harassment. Maybe like three more texts and it would have been harassment. But she was like. If you're having hashtag booked on, I really, I really, please, please, please need to be there. I'm and like, I'm like, I'm like, first I'm, I'm trying to be cool about it. I'm like, no press, you know, whatever. If you have, you know, if, if you're up for it. And then I'm like, no, seriously, I really want to, I want to be on with, can I, seriously, can I, can I, can I? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, These two ladies, if you don't know hashtag booked, I mean, I was, har- I was harassing you to go and look on their Instagram where, it's just chock full of goodness a for this glorious, time of delicious COVID. funniness and black girl magic <laughs> oh, for days. It's so, so good. Um, I had the pleasure of talking to Danielle, gosh, two seasons ago now, which is bananas to me. That was that long. But um, she's back killing the game, and she brought with her her other half. I want to make sure I get this right. Lanisa Renee Frederick, yeah. who are the ladies of Hashtag Booked. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Everyone is so damn cute. Y'all, you need to get on, get with the visuals is all I'm saying. Cause I'm saying ladies, if you're not watching plus this, you're not getting the full thing. <laughs> you're That's not. You can listen, but you really, you, your eyeballs need the love. Your eyeballs need the love. They That's do. being served here. <laughs> I am so happy y'all are, first of all, already, like you already were doing it. And then now that COVID's happening, you're like, oh, it's just giving, we're just leveling up. I just feel like you guys are doing COVID levels up. The new video you posted (laughs) out. And you just like got nominated for a Webby. That is like the coolest thing. Congratulations. Congratulations. So you've been hustling in this LA, this town of LA. How long has that been going on for? When did y'all get here? We know a little bit of Danielle's story because she came via Chicago, but then New York, but then with her one woman show. But what is your y'all's connection? What how did how did you guys get connected? 
Well, we met in Chicago, actually. We met at the Goodman Theater, uh, where we were both playing understudies. We were playing maids. And we were... (laughs) Oh, my God. We were subjected to a basement life for, what, eight weeks? Something like that. Uh, Because with being an understudy, part of that responsibility includes being there the entire time. So we were literally there from sunup, sundown, from our character saying their first line to the last line. So Danielle and I, we met and meshed real quick because we're like, well, we in here together. I guess, uh, <laughs> yes, this is it. Yes, this is it. So yeah, that's how we ended up meeting. And um, I always joke, I think it's so funny that, you know, I'm very Midwest. I'm very like, hi guys, how, let's hug. I love you. And I meet Danielle and I'm like, hello, how are you? And she's like, yo, here's my business card. My name is Danielle Pinnock. How are you today? And I, it always <laughs> all the business, business, all business. <laughs> she was ready. She was ready. And I'm like, hello, but can I hug you please? And she's like, but here's my card. And <laughs> little did we know we would be business partners. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's that energy that makes us mesh well. The fact, you know, those two different dynamics, it definitely makes us mesh well. So I actually am celebrating this week. I haven't even gotten a chance to post it or like, it's been so much going on that this is my three-year anniversary, anniversary, oh, whatever nice. you want to call it. Mazel. Uh, yes, I made it three years. You so, done did uh, it. Oh, I on. did it. And Danielle, <laughs> you're about to hit four, right? Four in August. Yep. Got a little, a little, basically a kindergarten. <laughs> kindergarten anniversary exactly. in August. So listen, we are here and we are chilling in this pandemic right now, just trying to stay alive and keep y'all laughing and bring so much joy to your lives with this hashtag book page. So thank y'all so much for having us on the show. We're so grateful. Absolutely. Oh, so happy. I need to know fulfilling that that goal because yes. I you stay having me rolling and going back and looking at stuff over and over again just constantly I love you all <laughs> Yay. I wanted to ask Danielle about that year in between so there's like a year difference were you harassing Lanisa the whole time and being like girl just come out here this yeah. sunshine's amazing just always <laughs> That is my MO in the friendship. I'm like, you need to move. And she's like, Danielle, I just booked a show. I'm like, cool. After the show, I was like, I'm looking at apartments. You can live right on the same street. She's like, Danielle. Yeah. I don't even think we talked about that, but that is so true. It was like that in that year, she I'm like, yo, but I just okay, fine. After that show's done, then you'll come out. And we actually, my first apartment was what? Four blocks from you? Yeah, it was like four blocks. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's an LA miracle. Listen, it really is. Because it really if is. Nikki lived in our neighborhood, and I say our because the girls of Fatch, there are three of us that live within six minutes of each other. If we got Nikki to come on down, it would be over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't mess with your neighborhood, though. It's too noisy. And <laughs> it is that's very true. That's real. That is very true. I have a new thing that I my first TikTok is I, people say there is no time in quarantine. And I say, oh, but there is. I'm like, there's dog o'clock when the dogs start barking. Yep, there is motorcycle right. gang o'clock. 
when the motorcycles all <laughs> rev up, out, there's there's car alarm o'clock. So yeah. I have all of the, yes. And there's actually one more, a helicopter o'clock. One sounded like it was going to be the helip. I was the helipad is what it right. sounded like. It was crazy. Yes. Um, so, Nikki, you wouldn't do well. You already have noise-canceling headphones. Do you want to talk to people about that, or would you rather? <laughs> I had to. You know what? I live in a big, beautiful craftsman in Pasadena. Yes. And I, uh, with my partner and and three other people, it's big, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. We have, we all love each other. But um, everybody breathe too loud and chew too loud, and they just be always around. And I'm like, could you stop being a person who makes no? I had to get some can some noise canceling headphones because they kept chewing, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. They kept like, living. Just they kept living. Why? I'm just saying, all the air y'all keep breathing in with all that noise, I can't do it. I had to get some noise canceling headphones. I had to do it. <laughs> and then didn't they like also get them? So all of you are having like noise canceling headphones. Everyone in the house battles. bought a new set of headphones. Y'all could be brand ambassadors. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> exactly. We need to shoot that commercial, Nikki. <laughs> For real, that's real. That's especially right now. People with roommates, yeah. <laughs> well, in relationships, you need to be able to tune your your partner out if you need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, what's highly really recommend helpful it. is like gardening. I actually just bought some um, soil from Home Depot and some seeds. So even getting out to just garden for an hour, two hours, right in my little area, right? Really, I love really that. cute. Real cute for the cut up. Yeah. <laughs> therapeutic, therapeutic. Really therapeutic for real. No, that's right. Yeah, it is. I, everybody has their own little thing. Mine has been lying like a slug. Isn't it? <laughs> and I am that's... here for it. Are you watching any shows? What shows are you watching? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I do. What was I watching? I've, I've been watching a watch lot. watching MSNBC. Of... She just be that's she true. <laughs> that's true. I, I do love my ladies of MSNBC. Um, I love it. I do. Hello, I do. Rachel. I do love my Rachel. I love my Nicole Wallace. Yes, I get into <laughs> them for sure. But I, I don't know. I'm having trouble. And let me ask you guys if you're having trouble. I really just want comedy. I try to get into these dramas or whatever, their romance things. I'm like, why am I alone? Because I'm alone and I have no <laughs> kids with me. And I'm like, I'm by myself. No one's going to be my lover. What the fuck? I got to get out. Like, I literally get mad. Like, Outlander, this one loves Outlander, Nikki. And I'm like, I was out because I was depressed. I was like, I'm depressed. There's no time travel for me right now. And I'm by myself. So I've been doing comedy things and like so please so everyone release a stand up thing like I need Nikki make one come on I need it right I should this is the perfect time for me to drop my stand up special it really is drop it. I mean I feel like I've been watching hidden gems of comedians because I this is true it didn't click into now how much I needed comedy because um, watching I, I'm trying to develop a horror film and I'm writing it like. This don't feel right. I can't. I'm not in that energy right now. I just feel wrong. I just want to laugh. So comedy specials, everything on Netflix. I'm like, oh, he got one. Oh, she got one. Bet watching it. Yes. We yep. need that right now. We need that energy. Yes, I I've been definitely down with like Fortune Feimster and John Mulaney yes. and all of them. Lanisa, though, but if you write a good funny horror movie. That's the sweet spot for me. I love a horror movie that does not take itself seriously, and that is like Jack Assery. Like, I love yeah. it. 
when it they make fun of themselves. It might turn into a different direction based on the times that we're in. Yeah. Based on where we are now. It might go in a different direction. You know what? I am very much looking forward to a horror film made by a Black woman. I, talk about I old because, because first of all, it feels like it's going to be real short because we don't, we don't fucks with none of that. We just, <laughs> Everyone lives. On, you know, we investigate and stuff. We just be like, bam, bam. Right. So is the movie basically just black women going, y'all better come on. <laughs> <laughs> the shortest, the shortest horror movie of all time. That would be That's amazing. actually a great series right there. Actually, I know. I'm like, let me write that down. Let me write that down. <laughs> it's actually based on my time where I worked as an overnight English teacher. So I was teaching English to people all over the world from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So those are my work hours. Wow. And that brought up a lot of horror. That was a lot of horror. So I was like, oh, this is a movie. What am I doing with my life? So yes, but I like this idea you get. <laughs> get the point, Nikki. Get the point. Get the point. I love that you're we're talking about like what's kind of calling you to write or what things do you feel like you want to write right now. Um, I just want to talk about the impact you guys have had on opening up conversations about what it's like for African-American actors in L.A. It's um, it's you're doing this amazing job while on one hand completely entertaining us and making us cry laughing. You're also giving us a window into like real problematic shit. <laughs> and I was wondering, has anyone like really thanked you or asked you to talk further about things? Like have your representatives been like, you have to tell me about this thing that happened to you. Like, you know, has any of that stuff gone down? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, who's going to go? <laughs> um, I would say, you know, the the biggest thing I think this, that is the most satisfying uh, running the page is to see the DMs and the comments from people saying, this is my story. Oh my gosh, you guys hit the nail on the head. And to have now an audience of, you know, over 20,000 that are saying the same thing makes us also feel like we're not going crazy. Because I feel like a lot of the times with black dresses and other women of color and, you know, men of color, we were used to these silent microaggressions. <laughs> then we would trade these secrets, like literally the Underground Railroad, for centuries, I mean, for decades. <laughs> I mean, let's go back to Patty McDaniels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always wonder, I'm like, gosh, what was her hair and makeup trailer Hello. like? Who was on set doing Hattie McDaniels Ooh. hair and makeup? Listen, right. I'm <laughs> watching reruns. This is what I have been doing. I've been staying up in the middle of the night and watching reruns of NYPD Blue from like one in the morning till five in the morning. That's actually the truth of I'm what I've been doing. And I will say it's in season one and it has that really great actor. And I'm so sorry I'm not remembering his name because I have COVID brain. He is like the captain of the squad and he is a gorgeous dark skinned black man. And they, there was one episode that it was clear that the regular makeup lady got sick and he I mean guys like crazy like ashy crazy on a man like I could I cannot believe what we have done and like really like with the Ava DuVernay's and and the people she hires and 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 um the, you know, P Key and Peel and who they hire to get the cinematography right I feel like yeah. you know um 
the same way with a beautiful um insecure is also like unbelievable work being done but yeah like that so like even just looking back that wasn't that long ago guys like what was it like for Hattie McDaniel if that gentleman recent history yeah yeah that's very recent history we've all experienced it so it's definitely it's still not over which is the scary part it's still not and you can't and you can't count on you can't count on there being someone on set to do your hair and makeup because even though we've made strides, you just can't count on it because you don't know. So yeah. I, you know, you still bring your full suitcase of yes. wardrobe for the plus size girls and Thanks. and and your hair stuff and your your makeup stuff just in case. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then when we get a pleasant surprise on set, it's like it's a relief and. It's kind. Of, it's weird because then I'm able to. It, it makes me realize how much I have to take away from my craft to make sure that I'm right in so many other aspects. Like I would love to go on set and just worry about a line. Yeah. I would love to go on set and just worry about like the objective. But okay. instead, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to pack, to get my hair supplies, to get my get my bra because ain't nobody ever got a bra that fits me right. So getting all that stuff ready where we don't have the privilege, honestly, to really just be, to be. And it's, I mean, everything you just said, that is so true. It's like, we often talk about the marginalized being really superior, superior at their jobs because it isn't just that you have to be hella talented. It's that you have to be hella talented on top of, on top of, on top of. So the people you see who are marginalized who actually are on the screen, everyone at home, they really are extraordinary. I'm with extraordinary women right now. They're unbelievable because you're right, you're negotiating. So do you feel like, has anyone hired you because of the show and been like, oh yeah, remember that time? Yeah, I was ever, or did any, has anyone copped to their bad behavior? I'm very curious about how people are taking this because I want them, I want to point at people and just be like, see, see, this is a problem, see? Um, so, so I mean, have have you felt the, um, any immediate things get better? Have I felt any immediate things? Have we felt any immediate things get better? I think, honestly, the conversation. I think just the conversation of such. And maybe, Danielle, you would say that as well. Just the fact that people are talking more and there's less of a stigma to talk about it. Um, I think, too, like, I am just a smidge older than Danielle in my (laughs) old age. And I think back to when... Like, if you talked about stuff in a certain way, especially from the training and the, the history I come from with my with my work, like, you are blacklisted. blacklisted. Mm-hmm. You are blacklisted. You just better be happy. Better be just smile and smile and have a good day. So I think the, the conversation and there's less of a stigma to actually talk about it, which I think I'm, I'm very proud of. I think we're both very proud of the fact that we're opening that conversation. If somebody want to come for us, like these are the facts though. We have the receipts with regards to the fact that you didn't have makeup for me or you didn't have clothes that fit me or I got on set and you wanted to put Aquanet in my hair in my fro, which actually did happen. I was like, no, that's it's not happening. So I think the biggest thing has been the opening up of a conversation, which is great. That's where we have to go. Yeah, and I think with comedy, those conversations can happen and we handle it with such love and care that 
nobody ever feels ostracized, <laughs> but it is like, oh, that was so funny. Wow, they went in for the one black handmaid. Wait, <laughs> and then it's that light bulb that goes up <laughs> where they're like, oh, maybe we should have it be more diverse, <laughs> you know? Um, so we're just we're just here for these light bulb moments to see, you know, just as a reflection of the industry, like y'all see yourselves in this mirror. Hashtag booked is just a mirror just to show y'all what's been happening and what's currently going on. And also there's no fat people in Handmaid's Tale. Like fat people haven't been given birth like crazy forever. And I'm like, are they all in Canada, (laughs) y'all? Where where are the fat Like, Like my, like I don't have a whole line of people who are big boned, big hipped that didn't give birth to 10, 12, 14 kids. Like, are you kidding? what happened? Come on now. One of the things that I love that you all do is you ask, questions for actors and you ask after you ask us to send our stories and then you and then you show them in your story on Instagram and one of the things that has helped me feel so like a part of the community like that has made me feel like I am so a part of this because I'm like not only am I the I'm, I'm not the only person who's having people try to mix mascara and and their light colored uh you know um foundation but i'm also like not the only person who who's been asked to sound more urban and who you know like like and it's just it's it makes me feel like oh okay so we're all getting this it's not just me that's getting this crap yeah okay good thank you and and the diversity of those responses like the different shades of colors the different ethnicities of people who responded who respond to those questions you asked is amazing and and such talk about receipts you got you got like a documentary's worth of- <laughs> Netflix call us <laughs> right. hello hello we exactly. ready exactly exactly well i want to get into more hot topics with you there is something um, another friend of the show who is celebrating something. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about that with Plus This. Just I am really glad we made that jingle, that jingle. Do you hear me? Jingle about Patreon. Um, but by the way, I'm not pimping myself out to any plus size dating app. Just FYI. I, I put a squash to that plan. But still, if, if we had like 10 people give $5 a month, I literally wouldn't have to pimp myself out to anybody. Although I... I I'm I'm kind of I'm available in some levels of pimpage. I'll just tell you that right now. But um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> you might you might need to you know yeah. yeah right. I could I could do a little song song. No, I could song. do some. Um, so a friend of the show, Michael R. Jackson, just won a Pulitzer Prize Ooh, for yeah. his musical A Strange Loop. Yes, holla, oh, holla yes. at you, Michael. We love you. Um, and he is the first um, writer of a show that was not a Broadway show that won for drama. 
sure did. Beautiful. Such a huge thing. And it, for those of you who, who aren't familiar, go out and get the soundtrack. Every song is like a bop until it you is. get to one that like crushes your soul. Like yeah. it, the words are unbelievable. The music is so rich and intense and yet still a bop, which is like one of the hardest things to do. And it's just to give so you so honest. So, like, so honest. Mm-hmm. That's probably, yes. probably my favorite. Yes. I would agree with that. Hilarious. The truth just comes out. Yes. So, Inner White Girl, Exile in Gayville, Writing a Gospel Play. These are some of the titles of his songs. And one of the songs is Tyler Perry Writes Real Life. And I want to give people who aren't familiar a little premise of this story because this story is unbelievable to me and I need to kiki with all of you about it. So, Michael R. Jackson has this show, and it, and he his name is Michael Jackson, and his handle is the Living Michael Jackson, and he's created this character in a strange loop called Usher, who's named Usher, and um, he is a writer, and one of the first things that his agent comes to him with is Tyler Perry is so busy. Could you write a gospel play? He's having people ghostwrite. Just write a gospel play, and there's a whole song about how he is very much at odds with that idea. And my favorite part is that these ancestors come out and start reading him for filth. And some of the lines are, because Tyler Perry writes real life, Tyler Perry writes real life. He writes stories we can swallow like Popeye's chicken and biscuits. He writes stories we can follow like we follow the drinking gourd. He writes stories about fat black women with weaves finding love and redemption with muscle-bound black men who own their own business and truly love the Lord. I mean, it is amazing. So then, cut to, he wins a Pulitzer Prize. And he gets a DM from Tyler Perry, who is like, yes, King, I hope to see you on the streets of New York. <laughs> and he and Michael's like, eh. he's kind of like, do you think he really knows? Does he think he knows what the show's about, though? And Tyler Perry screenshot that song from his Spotify to Michael. <laughs> so, like, he knows all the tea. That is... I just think that's the best story I've ever heard in my life. Phenomenal. <laughs> it is so iconic. <laughs> Go on. We're, Let's living in it. We're living in the moment. Like, they go look back at this. That's why I'm like, oh, my God, this is happening in real time, y'all. Ooh. Okay, but what if what Tyler Perry was really saying was, I can't wait to run into you in the streets of New York. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Tyler Perry is so used to black people clowning him and, right. you know, poking fun at him. I mean, the most iconic one was Spike Lee many moons ago. And Spike Lee now has a soundstage named after him on Tyler Perry's studio side. Right. Word, word, So clearly yes. the man is able to squash stuff and he won a Pulitzer. I mean, black people are always still going to be proud of black people regardless. Right. I feel like no matter what, we still got each other's back. Like, all right, I'll see you. I'll see you. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that too. And I what I love is that he really uses this, you know, he uses the Tyler Perry gospel play as a device to tell a lot of truths in the show later on in the show. So, you know, I, I, I think Tyler is totally you're totally right, is on in on the joke. I think that um I, I definitely could also imagine being like spooked to my gourd. <laughs> Shook, 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 shook. Just spooked. Absolutely. Just, ah, like, and um, 
And I love that he made that all on his Instagram for all of us to enjoy because oh, yeah. he could have kept that. He could have kept that inner circle. He could have yeah. hit close friends on Instagram stories. He didn't. He no, like he really let us all in on that moment. On that moment. <laughs> um, let's talk about the. You're both theater girls, so let's talk about theater. What um, what do you think is happening? What do you think is going on? How do you Ooh. think we're going to come back from this? We're going to come back. And it's going to come back with a vengeance too. Like it's going, it's people are prepping now people. So when we get ready and we're ready to get on these stages, it's about to go, it's about to go off. I, uh, one of my other, other side hustles, cause you know, I got like 12 side hustles. Yes, I do. I as, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I work as an adjunct professor and I had someone come in who I said, Hey, my kids would love to hear inspirational stories from Broadway stars. I put it out there on hashtag book and blessings that so many people came through and just to hear these stories, uh, were one inspirational and two made me realize like, Oh, we're going to be fine. And y'all ready. You know, y'all are ready to get back on this stage. I had somebody that was on Broadway on the crucible. I had somebody from Motown. So all these people, they're just, we sit, we're ready. Our craft is not going away. Our training is not going away. We're ready. It's just the question of when. And we're patient because look, we used to being rejected. We used to like waiting. <laughs> we're used to this stuff. So we have a culture of waiting. Yes. And I also think this is an opportunity for the unions to really come together, specifically for if we're talking theater actors equity to make sure that when we do come back, we're safe. Because I think that's the biggest thing is okay, what is an audience house going to look like? Is it, <laughs> is it gonna be one middle seat free, another middle seat? Like how is that going to happen when we're talking about intimacy scenes and stage choreography? Like what are those steps that the unit is gonna take to make sure that we are protected when we get back on those stages as well as the audiences? Absolutely. I think that's probably the main thing. Like we're gonna come back, we're gonna be fierce, but it is going to change the face of the industry and how we operate. I agree it's with just, you. I mean, it's the facts. I agree with you. And, you know, um, I got to watch last night, because I'm crazy, uh, there was a Facebook stream that uh, the candidates under the Fair Wage branch right. of um, mm -hmm. Equity, they're having their... Um, their elections. And I was listening to Kate Schindel, our president of equity talk. And she said like so many people are worried about houses, houses, houses. She's like, I am worried about backstage, backstage, backstage. Yeah, exactly. And, like, how do you partner someone without being worried about this? How do you make out with someone without having yeah, to, right. you know, that's part of our jobs. And you I know, also, back there. yeah, I also right. heard that um, a lot of theaters are doing um, one, they're interested in one person performances. Yeah. So I know you got one, Danielle. I'm working on mine. I'm ready to yes, go. Yes, we can we can do it. Yes, we could do it. We could do every other night. Every I'm other night. There. <laughs> yes, I think that um I think that we I think that that is going to have to be something that comes back. I heard that singing is like the furthest way to spray your yeah. spit. Mm -hmm. So yep. I think that we really have to be careful how far back the audience goes. I know Absolutely. I've been spit on things. The guy, um, one of the guys who was on the stream last night was in the play that goes wrong. And he said literally the first five minutes of the play is 
us yeah. having spitting on each other jokes. He's like, yeah. he's like, okay, so yes, we got to a place where even if everybody does have the vaccine, say we don't go, get open until the vaccine, he's like, how is the audience going to react to that? That yeah. is that no longer funny. And I'm yeah, like, we have this PTSD when it comes to you know crowds. There's a weird PTSD. So yeah. how are we going to react to that? Um, and yes, to Danielle's point as well, like, how are we going to protect each other uh, in the industry, especially, you know, we're not we're not people that are making millions and millions, we have to be the ones that look out for ourselves and make sure that like you said, Danielle, our union looks out for us, because uh, they be wanting to put us in situations that we're like, no, yeah. no. And so, our non-union like, actors too. Hello? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think that's the thing that makes me afraid the most at the world after COVID is what is going to be happening to these young artists right. who come out of school and, or they move to the big city and they have these huge dreams and they're getting paid $400 or $200 or in a pizza to be seen. <laughs> Cause Love. we've all been in these shady kind of situations yeah. and what's going to happen for them because there's no union behind them to protect them. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's also for TV as well, um, because there are some states now that are opening up and production will start back up again and things like that. And I just want to make sure that the, the people that are the most impressionable that really want to get out there and they just want to, you know, get the credits and do all that stuff that they don't feel the stress to risk their lives over a credit. Right. But it unfortunately, I feel like with some of these, I've seen some of the castings and some of the breakdowns lately. And honestly, some of them, I'm like, I ain't doing that. You yeah. got me stuck. But my students. Right. And that's what right. I'm, yeah. They might because they're hungry. Yeah. yeah. Go to Texas for $125 a day. Yeah. That's something that says that it's SAG eligible. Yeah. <laughs> I put that in right. air quotes. And they're, and they're, you know, the, the Producers Guild released some guidelines uh, about, you know, how many people can be on set. And, and, and so now even shooting a scene is going to take so much longer than it would have taken before, which means the production costs are going to be so much higher. So they're going to be definitely looking for non-union actors yeah. that they can pay in pizza and sandwiches. And so you're, and you're so right because you know, the non-union folks are not going to say no if there's the possibility that I can get something for my reel or I can yeah, get, you know, if exactly. I can get eligible. So yeah. Yeah. It's, be it's a dicey situation. I personally feel like this is this moment lets us be the strongest we've ever been because we know where everybody is and we really know that if we all stick together and are at home, we can connect to people and be like, hey, let's decide we're not yeah. going to do this unless it's like this for everybody. Right. And um, I feel like, especially on Broadway, we should be asking for things like more sick pay. There's not enough sick pay. Also, Hello. we need to stop doing eight shows a week, like have eight shows a week, but we rotate six shows a week. Yes. Why isn't that something that people, like we really could be getting like, blue sky like the sky's the limit things if we organize so uh and also i think it's interesting the the theater community is much more in touch with its marquee performers like the one percent of the highest earners in broadway i feel like are much more um attainable and it so theater i feel like we we might be able to get there sag it's like they like to keep those you know they keep them like 
<laughs> they keep a, them in the divide. There yeah. is a clear divide. And that's why it's so important to be a collective unit, to be a collective voice. Um, because if not, we're we in danger. Yes. We're in danger. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we have to be a collective voice. And what's it worth? I've, I've actually to take already heard from some friends who are uh, in production and in post production that they're not, that their companies aren't starting to shoot anything because talent is saying, not until you can, not until you can assure us of some safety. Thank God. And so that. you know, like the because because the, the production guys are like, we're wanting, we need to come back to work, but the talent is like, great, but how are we going to do that in a way that keeps us safe? Yes. So, Yes. Yeah. How about that? How about that? By the way, our thing is blowing up and I'm going to our feed. So I'm going to take another break. We're going to talk about something a little bit more serious, but I think is really important. And I love each of your voices and I feel like you're going to voice things for people so they actually hear in, in, in like a whole other way. So I'm getting deep before t my time. Let me take another break and we'll come back with plus this after. So that's what we're doing with Fatch. We're going to do a silly show called The Fat. And you know, you got the view, you got the talk, you got the real. Now you got the now fat. Now you got the fat. And it's just us clowning and hanging out. And we want you guys to hang out with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a list of topics for Tuesday. You do not want to miss because they're going to be stupid. Um, so. Something that we have talked about before, especially here on this show, um, I had a, a, a woman, Christy Harrison, on who was talking about um, how people just are mis being mistreated in this COVID crisis, especially people of size and especially people of color. Um, and uh, I know that, that that's like a real fear that, that that's a that's why I think to fight for safety has to be for the person who is the numbers are the most against like if that person doesn't feel safe then none of us get to go back um mm -hmm. there was this incredible story it, it was, i read it on twitter i know i'm also i'm on msnbc i'm on twitter and i watch mypd blue so um but i i find out a lot on twitter guys i have an incredible feed um I'm just the smartest people show up and just tell us stuff. Uh, there's a woman, Carla. I'm sorry, I'm going to be reading a little bit because I want to make sure I get it correct. Carla Monteroso. I'm sure I said that wrong. Uh, she is the CEO of Code 2040, which mm -hmm. already takes care of representation of black and Latinx folks in the tech world. And she's already her own organizer and incredible human who fights for rights. And she got... COVID. She's Latinx herself and plus size. And she had to get herself out of the hospital herself on her own to 
get to a hospital that she felt like a doctor would take her seriously because these people were not take, taking her seriously. Um, two of her tweets say, uh, early in the process, I had heard all the microaggressions when I was struggling to put my words together, asking if I spoke Spanish derisively. Derisively. How do you say that word? I'm embarrassed. Uh, by the way, I can't even say it. And she like had a lack of oxygen. And that's why she was sort of mumbly at this moment. But I can't right. even say it. Exactly. <laughs> I was asked multiple times if it was diabetes. I told them to check my blood sugar that I had never even been pre-diabetic. Uh, and then she said I was talked down to as if I couldn't understand what was happening. I had to assert several times that I was a weightlifter, a CEO, a TIA, a human, and I hated it. I would never use those things as a way to demonstrate I had value. Mm. So this escalated. They were saying that, you know, she was aggressive and she had three different doctors that she knew that looked at her charts and were like, you got to get out of there if they're not doing A, B, and C. And they would not, this doctor would not transfer her because his ego was in the way. Mm. And she instead, she checked out of the hospital herself and walked into the ambulance from the hospital she wanted to go to without the hospital taking care of that. For I mean, if she don't sue them for every damn penny she has, I don't know what. But, um... I, so this like made it and listen, this is not she wrote many, many tweets and she said she didn't want to, you know, um, it was very hard for her. It was hard for her to be that vulnerable, which is why we should thank her. I'm thanking her. I don't think people are believing people. There was a nurse in, uh, I believe, in New York who was saying all of these things that doctors were not doing she's like I'm the one with the patient the most and I'm seeing this pattern happen and you because this man is black because this man is overweight you're not listening to him and so she was actively talking about her so so these people are like these little heroes but mainstream media is not covering this and how do we how do we break that? Like I want to celebrate everybody getting better too, but at the co like but this is unacceptable. What yeah. it's the Alameda Hospital. She's in Northern California. I want to put them on notice. I want them on notice. So it was just I was just wondering like if, if you guys want to share anything about your own fears. Nikki has already for sure with me and uh just like I'm not going nowhere. I don't want this because I know that as a fat person, they're not going to take me seriously. If the eye doctor thinks that I have a diabetes problem from something that I could have gotten from conjunctivitis, I know a hospital is not going to yeah. take me seriously. So I wonder. I, I I was wondering if you guys felt comfortable enough to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, just how there is systematic racism in this country, there's extreme amounts of systematic racism in our medical system as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the Tuskegee experiment and things like Henrietta Lacks, that was in our very recent history. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google yes. it. <laughs> and there was a series um, about it too, I think, right? No, literally just Google it. Um, if you think about black women who are pregnant, three out of four pass away. Do you know what I mean? Or have complications. And why is that? Even in the Serena Williams documentary, when she was saying, oh, I think there's something wrong with me. This is an Olympian. They weren't trying to take her seriously. So we see this time and time again with black and brown people and other people of color, where it's like, we are not 
we're not the main concern for some reason. And I always go back to this. Lanisa and I, we were both standardized patients. And that was one of our side hustles when we were in Chicago. Incredible. Uh, shout out to Northwestern. Yes. <laughs> and USA. And um, we would have to, as actors, it was a whole ton of actors and it was a diverse group of actors. And we would always have to be patients uh, for the medical students to kind of practice and ask questions. And for some reason, every black brown and everything in between we'd always get diabetes food desert <laughs> mm. like all of these kind of really crazy things yeah. that and then to see how these medical students would respond to us this is what they're being taught in school right, right. and the purpose was to teach them empathy and i i remember the one of the ones that still actually stays with me was the this because we're given scenarios, and in this scenario, this woman was in a domestic violence, a violent relationship with her partner, and she was thinking about suicide. But the practice doctor I had would never ask me that, and that was the goal of it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that he would say is like, "All right, well, are you working out? All right, well, do you have a job? All right, da 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 da." Would never get to the base root of it, and I'm sitting up here. It was also hard, and I have to give respect to both of these institutions we work for, that they would give us a, a timeout afterwards, because yep. after that energy, of, after receiving that, you're like, these are people that are about to go into a hospital, right. and right. you won't even get to the root cause. It yep. is so obvious to me, and you have no empathy in that. And so it just showed there, I mean, I'm grateful that for that experience, because it was another reminder And it also reminded me too, like in all these situations, similar to what you talked about with, you know, with hashtag booked and like our experiences, sometimes we feel like we're alone and that we're going crazy. And I'm very grateful for sis that put her whole story out there. Like this is what's going on. And it's hard. It's hard to put our story out there because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to be seen as X, Y, and Z, but, and it's hard to put our story out there. So it's just, it's, I mean, it's a blessing that she has also that platform yeah. to do so. And but she acknowledged that from head to did. toe in this. She was like, I am privileged. I have doctor friends to call. I, right. You know what I mean? She was like, I, I am the best bet. I am a CEO. And this is how I'm being treated because of my size and the color of my skin. I mean, so imagine you are someone who is none of those things. You're someone who is working at a taco stand. I worry about my taco stand around the corner from me in my neighborhood. They've been open the whole time. I hope they're okay. I don't like I don't even want to think about what the hospital is like for them. I don't even want to it it it, 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 like I feel in pain just in pain over it so what do we need do we need advocates in the hospital as well like not just the nurses who are worried about lives like do we need patient advocates do we need people to say this person is trying to communicate this to you and you're not listening to them it's almost like a new profession right you need like an empathy worker with the doctors as you go along one of the things that I, I work with also nurses uh, doing standardized patient work. And so many times they'd come in and they'd never ask my name. Yeah. They would never. And at the end, I would give them feedback and they're like, great, I solved your problem. You're fine. I'm like, you never asked who I was. 
that's one on one. So there needs to be these advocates. There needs to be, I don't know, empathy. Maybe we created a new profession, empathy hospital workers. They do. They have medical doulas now that will come with you to your appointment. That is a real profession. That's Just like how you would have a birth doula or a grief doula. They have these medical doulas that are coming in and advocating for people right now. A friend of mine in New York is one of those people. And honestly, I would have to say is because this is so much more highlighted in the medical profession right now because we are going through a global pandemic so the assumption is that everyone will be taken care of mm. but now you're seeing segregation on a whole nother, whole other. on a whole nother level and a whole nother path you mm. know what I'm saying it's just it's unfortunate it's unfair and it's I feel like we're caught in this rock in a hard place because it's like, even politically, it's like, I just don't feel safe. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable going into a doctor's office right now and hopefully getting the care that I need to get. These are just the facts. I don't feel, I don't feel confident with that. And I think a lot of people like, I can like, even just from the Caribbean standpoint, cause my whole family is Jamaican. They already were never going into the doctor's right. office. <laughs> right. They were, were going to fix it with Vicks yes. and um, cod liver oil. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. They were going right. to put socks on their feet, rub their feet with oil. So it's like, I also think about those communities as well, where it's like, y'all know that something is wrong. Like an uncle of mine just had COVID recently. And like, it was a force to get him to even get into the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And like already I've gone to three Zoom funerals. I think people are thinking this is like for play and it is so it's serious. Not. It's very serious. It's so serious. So yes, as Lanisa said, medical advocates, we need more doulas coming in. That needs right. to be a profession on its own. Um, I'm gonna Google hard. that as it's soon hard. as we're done. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna it suggest people that they could do that. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, it's definitely needed. I have a lovely niece who's adorable and she's one now, but I remember the panic, like the pan, Danielle can attest to this, like, oh my God, you know, is she going to be okay in the hospital? Cause you know, I didn't trust these doctors and I was real lucky that a high school friend, shout out to Kelly, went to high school with her. She was, she's a nurse. She texted me and was like, hey, I think I'm the nurse for your sister-in-law. And I said, thank you. Oh. Because I knew that I had someone that right. I could trust in that room. Right. Yeah. I, I knew there was a voice. I low-key, I also record my doctors and I tell them beforehand because I'm like, I don't want no issues in here. Because <laughs> there are so many times I've had to advocate for myself, especially being a fat black person and they're like, the first assumption is with the blood test. Oh, well, you have diabetes, right? No. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, well, uh, high blood pressure. No, my pressure is fine. Didn't we just check it? Okay, well, you know that, you know, and it's all these things. Yeah. It's always something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's just. And it's put I think on it's you. hard because it's like, yes, we want to champion and have these people in place to speak up for us. But then it's like, we also are fighting a pandemic exactly. <laughs> on top of it. So it's on like, it. which thing I feel like is going to take precedent. Yeah. And it's so, it's ridiculous right now. Yeah. yeah. I Crazy. think recording is a really good tool. And thank you I for just do it. And I have that. all black doctors. I all across the board because I went through a medical thing last year and I was like, I will never go through this again. And yeah. it took me six months to find black doctors that were in my network. And I know even having health insurance is a privilege in itself. So shout out to SAG. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to SAG. Because
because I was out here with zero insurance, literally drinking cod liver oil and praying for the best. <laughs> right. So, and getting black doctors has literally changed a therapist. OBGYN, uh, primary care. That's a database. You could start a database. Um, I will be needing the contact information. Of yeah, I will. <laughs> I got it's you no too. Yeah. It's no stress now to be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to stress out. You I can have that. a full conversation and not, because I have had the experience where someone would pander down language for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, I am a classically trained actor. I got my <laughs> master's in England. You do not need to be down for me. So there'd be all these opportunities where I'm like, you can just talk to me like a human, but instead they yeah. would want to pander language, making assumptions. So yeah, both of us, all, all my my uh, physicians, therapists, all people of color. I, I love like, that. Oh, we will definitely get that information out to yes. people who want it. I, I heard the tone. I heard the tone. Marking the end of our time together. <laughs> Y'all better have your phone right on. It's like, it's time. We need a call. You said you'd be done at 6.50. It's 6.52. And you know what? It was mine. It was my baby cousin trying to get help for uh, an audition. Because <laughs> she has a Zoom audition tomorrow with a casting director. Oh, my yes, God. I, I love it. <laughs> Auntie taking care of business. I love it. I love it. Okay. We want to support you. Tell us how we can support you. Go. Follow us on Instagram at hashtag booked. Please. Yes. Comment. We just came out with a game recently. Never have I ever actors edition. Mm -hmm. So go on ahead, play the game, get a little bit of joy during this crazy time and have fun. Excellent. Excellent. And personally it's at body courage and um, Lanisa yours is L period a period (laughs) underscore. Fred, which I like, I told you to change it. It's all right. It's that underscore. That underscore is the killer. I know. I'm so different. Her name is available, which is crazy because my name is not available. I know. Lanisa, get your name. Go ahead and claim it. I will. Because because when you know y'all was just in wasn't y'all just in Forbes or something? Somebody. Okay, you're gonna need to have your shit. Your shit. Go claim it before someone else takes it. Right now, claim all of it. I'm (laughs) claiming it. Because as soon as you get your blow up, it's gonna cost eight thousand dollars to get your name. Exactly. It's so real. It's real. Go get it. Go get it. And Nikki Bailey is also an underscorer. Um And I KKI Bailey underscore. And we're at uh, Fatch Comedy. Fat plus sketch equals Fatch. F-A-T-C-H comedy. And we have the fat on Tuesday night. You guys are amazing. This this has brought light to my week. Thank you so much. Um, All the the blessings and the joy and the success. I know you will because of who you are. So um, next week we have an amazing guest back. Um, Renee Cafaro, who is the U.S. editor of Slink Magazine and is like nailing quarantine in New York like nobody else. I can't wait to show you all her outfits and food. She's cooking like a master chef as Disney princesses almost on a daily basis. Um, So we'll be here next week at Plus This. Thanks so much. So, Danielle, hey. what you got going on? Like an ombre kind of thing? Yeah, I 
got Amazon, got the hair on Amazon. And uh, it came like 